Well, hello and welcome to the podcast for the Open Door Presbyterian Church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. You probably know that if you're listening, but maybe not. And we would love to have you come out to one of our services uh, if that is something you're looking for. We worship for now um, at the tail end of the pandemic um, outside at Garfield Community Farm, our farm uh, right here in the city of Pittsburgh. Um, So 9 a.m. every Sunday morning. Um, And we also worship on Zoom, which is where this uh, sermon you're going to hear in a minute um, was recorded. So last Sunday's sermon was on Pentecost, uh, the, the arrival of the Holy Spirit into the church and I think into all of creation, making God accessible for all of us. Um, also preached this sermon at nine o'clock. And so this is the third opportunity to hear it and um, hope you enjoy it. If you haven't heard it yet, or if you're listening in for the second time, here it is. Before we read our scripture today, why don't we pause for a moment and uh, attend to our breath, breathing in deeply and breathing out fully. Do that a few times and remember that Throughout the scriptures, God is made known in wind. The spirit, the word for spirit in Hebrew and in Greek is the same word used for breath or wind. So breathe, breathe deeply and know that God's spirit is as close to you as the breath that enters your lungs. Acts 2, 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a loud sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how, it is, how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Edel, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontius and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, 
In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I'll show portents in the heaven, in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Thanks be to God. All right. The Holy Spirit. I like to think of the Holy Spirit, and I think this passage demonstrates this. The Holy Spirit is the experience of God, the experience of God in the world. Um, That's the first thing I want to talk about today. And then there's a few other things. So I'm going to list them now, just so you know what's coming. The experience of God in the world is like the first move. Then we're going to move into this idea of great diversity, that the Spirit loves diversity. And then it's not just diversity that the Spirit loves, but the Spirit brings unity in this diversity. And then the fourth thing is the Spirit lifts up the marginalized, the marginalized people, the old, the young, slaves, and women. The Spirit lifts up the marginalized to be the ones who carry God's message, the message of the Holy Spirit that says they will be the ones to prophesy. And then the very last thing, the Spirit of God, at the end of the passage, it says the Spirit of God saves all those who call on her name. The Spirit of God saves all those who are in need of saving. So this first, this first move, the Holy Spirit is the experience of God in the world. Last week when we were at the farm worship, Stephanie Bell, um, she led us in kind of a meditative experience of just being at the farm and being in, in the beauty of the trees and the grass and, and the plants. And she connected the experience of feeling the wind in nature to the experience of God in their lives. And the scriptures talk about this over and over again, that um, that God uh, is like a wind or that God is actually present in the actual wind. And so if we believe that the Holy Spirit is with us, well, where is the Holy Spirit not with us? If we feel a wind, um, 
the Holy Spirit's in that wind because the Holy Spirit's always everywhere, right? The Holy Spirit is with us in creation and through each other. The Holy Spirit is the experience of God in the world. And we have this opened up to us so much that I think we often forget. We, we've normalized it so much that we just forget to experience the Holy Spirit in the world, that we have access to beauty and comfort and whatever the Spirit needs to bring to us all of the time in all of creation, because the Spirit is always with all of creation. I don't know. That's pretty cool. So God's Spirit is present in wind throughout Scripture, both metaphorically and in reality. And we see this in stories like the story of creation, where God is a, a wind or God is, is present in, the, in the, the, the mist and the wind above before creation even takes place, before, um, before God makes anything, God is in the wind. God is in the wind um, in the story of Ezekiel, when the dry bones come to life, God is in the wind right here at Pentecost. And I want to be remind us that God is in the wind right now. When we were at the farm last week and Stephanie was leading us, it, there was almost no wind. And she's talking about the wind and she was like, well, there's not really any wind now, but go. Uh, and she led us into this experiential uh time at the farm and I walked down into the orchard space and it was really still and just took some time to kind of, we were all kind of just taking some time to pray. And all of a sudden this really nice gentle wind on this, it was kind of hot, kind of muggy already last Sunday morning. And all of a sudden this real gentle wind came and it, I was a little sweaty, I think. And it, it evaporated the sweat on my skin and cooled me off. And I was like, wow, I don't need a gust of violent wind like in the scripture. Sometimes God is present even more so with us in the calm wind and the, the gentleness that sometimes we need. People talk about having mystical experiences. Sometimes it's up to us to decide, do we want to believe that God is with us and that that wind actually um, is God with us. That's what having a mystical experience oftentimes is, is just simply our desire to be with God. Jesus had talked about this day, the day when the spirit of God would come upon God's people in a new way. He, Jesus said we would be baptized um, by water and by fire. And so the fire comes and, uh, and rests on all of the apostles, disciples, all the followers of Jesus who were there on their, on their heads. I don't know if that's symbolic or if a, actual fires were seen. John, in the Gospel of John, Jesus also says that the Spirit descends from the Father. And this starts to build our theology of, of the Trinity and understanding that from God the Father comes the Spirit. The Spirit gives direct access to and experience of God. One of the greatest roles, I think, of the Holy Spirit 
is giving us all that access. And through the work of Jesus here on earth, everything Jesus did, we are, like talked about last week through the ascension, we are lifted up, our physical being lifted up and made holy. And then today on Pentecost, we are given access to God here in the here and now on this earth, in our physical bodies, our bodies, especially as the church become the body of Christ and the Holy Spirit is, is the spirit, the, the spirit of God and the body of Christ are brought back together on Pentecost. Pretty cool. Today is the day when we celebrate that, that accessibility to God's spirit. So sometimes we might experience the spirit as comforter, sometimes as companion. We experience the presence of God in and through each other, through creation. We might even experience the spirit through literal wind. We all find the spirit moving in different ways, through different means, with different metaphors. But I believe we all have that access to God's work in the world, God's presence in the world through the Holy Spirit. Now, that second move that I mentioned comes next. It's when in this gathering, we learn that it's an extremely diverse people group. This is like, talks about this in verses four through 11. Most of our passage is about the diversity of people in this, in this gathering um, in Jerusalem. So we learn that the Spirit brings understanding to this diverse group of people, and this, the Spirit must love this diversity. Um, the Holy Spirit is still at work today in bringing understanding and diversity to diverse groups of people. There's a lot to think about here. This is like the longest of the five moves that I have. Um, the longest one we could think about for a long time. We're going to try to not make it too long. <laughs> this is hard work for the church. And that's why there's more to think about because we're not doing so good at this, especially, um, especially in our day. At least it feels like it's worse now. The work of the Holy Spirit is always about lifting up and celebrating diversity. Our mission partners represent this to us. That's why one of the reasons why we have mission partners, I encourage you to do what you can. I mean, visit our website and check out the stories of who our mission partners are and what they do. Um, one of our mission partners, well, several are from Mexico and they're all connected. And I think that's where this comes together for me. They're all connected. And yet there's, they are, they represent three very different people groups just within Mexico, the Shihui indigenous people, Nahuatl indigenous people, and Mexicans, they would call themselves from Mexico City, the doctor from Mexico City who works with the Shihui, and we support um, the pastor and the, the indigenous church there. Um, the pastor from Mexico City is involved with um, the, the Nahuatl church in the country, and we support the church planter, um, Octaviano, who is Nahuatl. And these three different, or three very different cultures um, that come together and that celebrate the differences and the beauty of being from different cultures within uh, 
the country of Mexico. It's I've learned so much um, from them, and by being a part um, a part of that relationship of the that that diversity. For Christians, the immigration crisis right here in the United States, um, it's a sure it's a political difficulty, a political crisis. It's difficult, but for Christians, it's an opportunity for us to celebrate greater diversity. Experiencing the Holy Spirit, it seems necessary for us to celebrate diversity. The work of God in the world um, takes place through hospitality and diversity, through fellowship, through learning about um, the beautiful ways that God has created so many different cultures. Question for us to continue to consider is how is the Holy Spirit pushing us as a church, as the open door, to engage with a more diverse people? The Spirit is at work through um, through our mission partners, through Valley View Church, um, and our relationship with them, through our relationships at Garfield Community Farm, all different connections and relationships, such as um, our partnership at the farm with Casa San Jose. Um, we're able to work with uh, Spanish-speaking kids um, who, whose families are new in the city of Pittsburgh. Um, we work with Repair the World, which is a Jewish organization, and we're blessed by their diversity. Um, we are blessed by our, our fully open doors to our, our, our LGBTQ siblings, um, and we celebrate that diversity into the church. There's no one locked out. There's no doors that we shut when it comes to diversity. The Holy Spirit is bringing understanding in diversity. It doesn't mean agreement, but the, the, next, um, the next move that I'll get to in a minute is, is unity. That diversity is not the end, but it's the unity in diversity. Last year, our session approved uh, a statement about inclusion and diversity. That I, I see Peter Scapelli on my screen. He helped lead the team that created that statement um, that we put, I think we put it out maybe on Pentecost. It's an inclusion and diversity statement uh, from our session and from that team and from, from BJ and I. I encourage you to check it out. It's on the website there for everyone to read. So speaking in different languages and understanding those languages was a blessing of the Holy Spirit um, in that time of where diversity could have really separated people. The Spirit brought an understanding of all these different languages. There were Jewish people from all over the Middle East and Northern Africa and Europe um, and into Asia. So cool. People had come to the Holy Land to celebrate. It's kind of like going to historical sites, maybe in Europe, or maybe going to the Vatican on a big celebration day like Christmas or Easter and finding all these different people speaking all these different languages and no interpreters were needed. The Holy Spirit 
in this time did the interpreting. The purpose was to bring understanding in great diversity. Now, the Spirit never expects one culture to deny their uniqueness for the sake of becoming a part of a dominant culture. It doesn't say they all spoke Greek or they all heard Greek or they all of a sudden understood Aramaic, which is probably what was being spoken. Rather, they all understood the diversity of languages being spoken. I think that that's, that's the part that we need to get. We're not good at this practice in America. We say we're a melting pot, right? I mean, America for a very long time. We've talked about being a melting pot of different cultures. But really, you can only be a melting pot into the dominant culture and what it expects you to become. America is not so good when, so, when a culture or a people group wants to remain distinct, special, wants to continue to have their, their God-given diversity. That's not the melting pot in, um, in the American way. Sadly, colonizers have often used warped versions of the gospel to gain power over diverse peoples and then expect them to assimilate. This could be called a melting pot. But it's not Christian, that way of thinking. At our worst in America, we are that kind of melting pot that just expects everyone to become like whatever the dominant culture has become. But the Christian way of thinking about this is more like a one of our, when, when the open door used to do, hopefully we'll do this again soon, meals together. And there was this great diversity, this big spread, not a, not a bland uh, uh, blending of everything together into a nothingness, but a great diversity where all of that diversity is celebrated. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. And we move from there into that third part, the, the idea of unity. The Spirit doesn't only bring an auditory understanding to this diversity, brings unity to God's people. Unity and diversity really gets challenging. It's so sad how divided the American church has become over the past 10 years. Unity and diversity is a true challenge. I think the church in some ways has begun to find unity but it's in more of that melting pot idea than it is in diversity because the Holy Spirit's diversity and unity isn't easy. The history of Protestantism has always been about dividing. And whenever there's a disagreement, whenever there is lack of understanding, it, the idea is to divide and splinter. Today, the American church can be seen as finding unity through this new form of hyper-conservatism. And it is bringing unity, but it's not unity and diversity. We know any unity that expels diversity is not unity of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was bringing together a greater and greater diversity of people with understanding and with fellowship. Unity in an expansion of diversity. 
that is the work of the Holy Spirit. If this was the very beginning, the Holy Spirit's work has continued on and on and on, bringing greater diversity and more challenges for unity, but continuing to work to bring unity to the people of God. The work of the Spirit continues to bring unity today. And we can simplify it to, to focusing on caring for others, bringing hospitality, welcoming the stranger, doing what we can to welcome the immigrant, creation of space for people to live into their cultural uniqueness, and even space for people like me uh, to learn and to listen. It's hard work, but that is the work of the Holy Spirit. The fourth move is that the Spirit gives power and understanding to those who are marginalized by that melting pot idea. <clears throat> the young and the old and the slave and to women. That's what it says in verses 17 and 18. I'll go back. That's an important, important one. I, was, I realized that it took me some time to even see this like first, second, third read this week of the scripture. This wasn't a highlighted, this, this wasn't the one I took out my highlighter and highlighted and took notes on until later. Um, it says in the, in the last days will be God declares, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. So the young, your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. So the young who we think don't have anything to say and to teach, they're the ones who are going to teach. The old who we think are irrelevant, they're going to be the ones who are going to teach. Even upon my slaves, those who have been oppressed, anyone who has been oppressed, both the men and the women, in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. That is pretty cool. Pretty challenging. Not so much. It doesn't talk about um, those with power being the ones whole, you know, prophesying, giving uh, the truth of the Holy Spirit. The church continues to struggle with this reality, struggle to listen to those who are mar at the margins of our society. We love to have a central leader, right? One, one or one person we can look up to or a small group that we can look up to. The person who, for whatever reason, has been chosen. But this scripture kind of says, no, it's actually not the center that has the message. It's the margins. I think that's why uh, the Open Door has chosen not to have a lead pastor. I've, I've been challenged and we've been challenged our leadership a bit by that idea. Like, why do you, why do you want two pastors? You could, you could just have one full-time pastor. What's well, for this reason, we think that having co-pastors, co-leadership, and I think that's why the PNC um, really uh, loved the idea of hiring a woman the church has often marginalized women. 
And so we can celebrate more diversity um, by being a church that diversifies its leadership. According to the scriptures, we should be listening to those who have been oppressed, to those who are elderly and no longer seem relevant. We should be listening to our young ones who we think maybe aren't educated and their opinion doesn't count yet. Well, it does. We should be listening to those who've been oppressed. The fourth and final uh, move here in this passage moves into the idea that the Holy Spirit um, is here with us to expand salvation to anyone who calls on God for help. That's verse 21. It's our job as followers of Jesus. We are the body of Jesus on earth to be in line with the work of the Spirit in the world. That's the nature of following Jesus. We are attuned to the work of salvation in the world, bearing witness to God's love through the Holy Spirit. We take action as the church, as people who live by love and peace and the expansion of justice. The Spirit is here to bring salvation in all of its multifaceted forms. So broaden your mind. Be imaginative about what that might mean. That's the work of the Spirit, and we are following in that work. The Spirit is accessible now to everyone in all of our diversity, and the Spirit is here to save us in all the ways that humanity needs to find salvation, especially salvation in um, creating a pathway to knowing God and being saved through Jesus. Let me pray to as we finish this. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, we thank you for Pentecost. We thank you for this amazing, dramatic story in which we see your Holy Spirit descend upon your people. We thank you that it wasn't just Peter and John and James who received the Spirit. We thank you that it was this great diversity of people from all over the known world. We thank you for what that means for us today. Help us to live into this calling to, of the Spirit, to love diversity, to seek unity, to be the hands and the feet of your Spirit that is bringing salvation to the world. We thank you that you are here with us and we have opportunity to know and experience you in the here and now. Through your Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Friends, um, take a minute now, if you don't have bread or juice um, around, to go and get some. Nellie is leaving me alone now. If you weren't here at the beginning, she was trying to eat the communion bread. I've saved it. And so we'll take communion together.
thanks for listening in again um, we are grateful that you're able to to listen here and also look forward to seeing you in person uh, soon in the coming months or at Garfield Community Farm or on Zoom any Sunday. You can find that info at our website, pghopendoor.net. Again, pgh, as in Pittsburgh, opendoor.net. Our music is um, by our band, This Side of Eve, which is uh, headed up by my wife, Alyssa Creasy, and I get to play guitar with her often in church, which is always a good thing. And um, this is from our new album called More to Come. You can check that out at thissideofeve.com. Thanks a lot.